Ferrari like it's 9-7. Black and white playoff 12s from 9-7. Southside with 25 and alive is a divine blessing sent from beyond heaven. Will I make it through the fire? Only time will tell it. Even though I probably never sell a diamond record, I'll be platinum from the blocks to the barbershops. And if they hit me tomorrow, dog, I'ma die a legend. Independent, flipping on a budget, do this shit for all my homies in the city that I hustle. Love my niggas like my cousins and my cousins like my brothers. As young as we was always into something, used to get it jumping. Now we Craig Price killing shit, militant. Racism still alive, they just be concealing it. Born sinner shit, four wheeling, raising hell till I pull that V12 out the dealership. Most niggas behind bars say they innocent. The really say they did it and changed the way that they live it. They weigh their options, conscious over every decision. The scriptures say that I'm a god up in every religion. I'm just planting the seeds, baby. Count money, blowing trees by the ocean seas. Even though they label me crazy, whether heaven or hell, promise they gon' bury me in shit, baby. Kim inspired us to come back and bring this podcast shit back. So. Let's get it. Let's not blame him. Back. Nah, we're not blame. Who's the same? I mean, he inspired us. What the hell? How do we went in the chat, you know, you know, making oh, like we're gonna up, do it, whatever. but <laughs> yeah, I'm not serious. Yeah, right. But anyways, we back. What's welcome, up, Cam. Welcome. We got what's up? The home Cam Bell's in the building. This is excited. Young Cam. <laughs> Eskino. Eskino, the legend. You know, like part of the Yo. the crew though. So. You already know what it is. He's like another host. Yeah, yeah I'm the substitute host. It's <laughs> <laughs> a substitute. Wear it up. What's up, Cam? What's, What's with up? this hair? Yeah, I got the fro. Showing my Italian side. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got good hair. Uh, you know what's good hair, but you know I definitely got some smooth stuff. You know, <laughs> about to get some braids. So that's gonna be fire. I'm gonna bring back the days to call me Cam Mello back in the day when I was balling. You know, Cam 15, Mello? Cam Mello. <laughs> so I'm bring the Mello Breeze back. You know what I'm saying? Word. Yeah, I'm hyped. That's what's up, man. But we got this uh, Young King Old Sold coming, um, dropping real soon. Yep, yep. That it's oxygen fun. is been up, making man. its rounds. It's fire. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's on top. Something a little different. There's no chorus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think people will. Get to it uh, when they get to it, but I think when it does get to them, it's going to stick. At least some of the words in there are going to stick. So, yeah. There's some older references that some people ain't going to get. Like yeah. that Craig Price shit. Craig I'm like, yeah, Price, a lot yes. of people ain't going to get that because you know, these kids put, too young for all that, for that Craig Price I try to put shit. the Rhode Island history in the music. You know, I got I'm talking about Babe Ruth. People don't know Babe Ruth, one of the greatest baseball players of all time played for they don't, Providence. They don't uh, know that. You know, there's a lot of no, Providence I thought you were going to say they don't know Babe Ruth. I was like, no, they on. should know who Babe <laughs> Ruth is, but they didn't know Babe Ruth played in Providence. And, that, you know, and, and you know, Craig Price, too, he was he was a serial killer from Warwick back in the 90s. He was yeah. arrested when he was, like, 15 for, like, killing the whole family. Yeah. But it's like, 
I mean, one, you know, people say Son of Sam, they'll reference like movies and stuff, but I like to reference Rhode Island stuff. You know, Craig Price might not be the best guy to be references in, in, in that light, but, you know, it's, it's Rhode Island history that you need to know about. And if we're going to reference New York stuff, we're going to reference L.A. stuff, stuff from different countries, I think we should be referencing some Rhode Island stuff. So that's why I come in, you know, to bring that, that Rhode Island pride to it. You Word. know what I mean? It's real How good. long you been rapping for now, Cam? Um... Rapping, I would say, I've been putting together raps probably since I was like 11, 12, 13, something like that, freestyling. But I was singing before that. So I, I started with like the R&B singing and stuff, melodies. And then that grew to like <laughs> freestyling. You know, everybody can rap in the hood, so it was no different. But I think I just Not everybody stuck rap. with it. I was thinking that in my head. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> everybody had, wants to rap. But. I had at least... 30 to 50 people rapping on tracks, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be considered rappers, but when you True. get next to me, True. you know... Oh, I, we gotta I talk about that, to, too. You know? We gotta talk about that. Like, the, what happened to GBM? Is there still a GBM? Or, GBM uh, is always what is GBM. GBM? Yeah. G, GBM, well, I mean, first of all, we gotta go back to history of Gallatin Street, you know? So, Facts. So before there was a GBM, there was Gallatin Street. Before there was, did you hear that? Was that yeah, that yeah, was in your yeah, headphones yeah, yeah. too? Yeah, we heard that. <laughs> we heard that was kind of rude. <laughs> that was, that was, that was <laughs> That's a DJ knockout on tour. Shout out to knockout. You know what I'm saying? Word. But um, yeah. So Gallatin. I mean, before I was born, Gallatin has a very rich history, as far as uh, athletes. You know, drug dealers, businessmen. You know, it, it's it, we had block parties back in the 90s that were very historical. So that extends to this generation of these other young knuckleheads that was running around when I was running around. That was kind of like the GBM era of it. But for 20, 30 years before me, there were people on Gallatin Street. So it's really just Gallatin pride. Now it became, once I was rapping, the, the dudes that was around me, since we was in the clubs and we was having a good time, people looked at it as like it was connected to the music because I was yeah. doing GBM mixtapes and stuff. You know, but that wasn't, like, they wasn't necessarily rappers. They was, like, people who was around me. And anybody who was around me is going to rap, you know? So, it, it, you know, I think people misinterpreted it at first and looked at it as something that it wasn't because it's really a group of friends that grew up in the neighborhood. Like, we all live on the same block. So I think, you know, people see collectives of artists and different people that go out to the clubs or make mixtapes or do whatever it is, and they look at it as, oh, yeah, they got together. Like, I never got together with anybody in GBM, I knew them my whole life. I knew Knock Knockout knew me when I came home from the hospital. Our parents was was friends, you know, like Big Rye and Marty. Y'all live next door to each other your whole door, life? The whole life. And, yeah, I, and our parents saying. was friends. Our parents went to Vietnam and fought together, you know, so Sheesh. and his uncle. So that goes far beyond, you know, anything that I could ever put together, you know. And that's for most of the guys, you know, so... Shout out to, you know, my GBM guys, G-Block brothers. That was just an era, an era that people got to see in public because I was doing the music, because we was in the clubs. You got to see it. Like, it looked like I was a signed artist because the way we was moving in the streets. But I was never, like, I never had music industry dreams. Like, I was never like, I'm going to be on the big stage and rapping. I was making my personal music and sharing CDs 
with people that were my friends and that I rock with. Like, I was never pushing for the radio. I never tried to get signed. I never, you know, so you see guys that whipped me, but that was because they was just naturally with me because we, we grew up playing muckle in the backyard, playing basketball at the park together, you know, going to the rec centers, boys and girls clubs. So that's where the GBM extends, extends to, you know, compared to where a lot of people would think it's like a club promotion group or a rap group. That's never what it was. You know, I just feel like anybody who gets around me is going to find some interest in hip-hop. And then they're going, you know, we're going to do what we do. And that's been that's been before that era. Because whether it was people playing on my basketball team or my cousins, whoever it was, if you came to my house, you know, this, you, you got on the track. And that's just because that's what I was. I was the track guy. I was the, the music dude. So, yeah. Is it the same now? It's not the same now because my recording process is totally different. So now it's like, I don't, one, I'm not doing it for fun anymore. Like, it's fun when I do it, but I'm not just making songs just to be making songs. Like, I'm either working on an album or I'm producing and making music because I like to make music. But it's not like I'm just making tracks with people that are around. It's not really my creative process, especially when I'm in album cycle. Yeah. I'm more trying to get my thoughts across, tell my life story. Like, you hear Oxygen. I'm rapping about my father passing. I'm rapping about my childhood. I'm rapping about things that people can't necessarily get on the song and rap about because I'm the only one that can rap about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, So when I'm making freestyle tracks over the new Drake song, over the new J. Cole song, or we just rapping about smoking and going to the club, anybody can do that. But then when I take it to that next level and try to put together lyrics and songs that matter, that can impact the world and impact someone's life, I don't think everybody's up for that task, nor should everybody. You know, if that's not your interest, then that's not what you should be putting your time in. But for me, music is, you know, that's my thing. So, Now, as far as um, that goes, there's a lot of people that I feel like don't know Cam. Because... Mm-hmm. Especially this new um, age ever. Yo, if you, if you still got that picture we put in the chat, um, they, I saw like some kind of double XL Providence oh, bullshit. Freshman, yeah, and I was I like, oh too. my God, what Shout is this crap? Shout out to my crap? cousin Monty was like, on that. Well, Who else was on that? But I was like looking at that. I was like, this. first of all, it's not freshman if you got John Hope on there. Like, I said, I don't know who did this, but John Hope been around forever. So you can't make a yeah, Providence yeah. freshman and, and throw all these like older people that's been rapping forever. Yeah. But like stuff like that, I just laugh because it's like, yo, you can't be like I, I feel like people like because they haven't heard Cam in a while, mm-hmm. and there's been a crazy emergence of um, hip hop in Rhode Island lately. Absolutely. That it's just like yo, I feel like nobody is like yo, who's this Cam person? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like a lot of people don't know right now who Cam. You just hear him talk about J Dudes. They talk yep, about this yep, person, yep. that person, but they won't bring Cam up in the conversation because I feel mm-hmm. like yo, it's you know, it's like maybe because you've been you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't even say you've been gone for a while. You dropped the project when, like, uh, 2014 two, two, was nah, 15. You just 14. like 14 was the short film. No, that was 15. That was the end of 15. No, 15 I, dog, I was, was in the hospital. Short film. I, yeah, July, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, July, 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 July 2014. July. All right, what about the short film? The short film was October or November 2015. Yeah, so, so you, so you might have seen the short film. And I feel like a lot of stuff, like, I feel, I feel like after the short film came out, we got. Um, Camp Street and Constop from John Hope. Yep. We got Southside of Prov from J. Deuce. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of similar vibe 
videos yep, yep. And, and songs. So I felt like, you know, that did what it was supposed to do. And that's outside of music. I mean, I wasn't even in the video. So yeah, I think yeah, for yeah. that whole project, my goal was a lot different than a lot of people. Like, I did the Providence Journal piece. So yeah, I that's what I was going to say. You like, Journal, saying, so. to a, make it that far, it's like, come yeah, on, yeah, like, yeah, you can't, absolutely. they can't miscredit. Well, it's a, like, it's a different game, though. You know, you got to you gotta respect the young guys because they're out there moving. Mm -hmm. And like I said, with my music, I never tried to take it beyond my group of people. Like, yeah, I never yeah. tried to get fans. Why? That Because that wasn't my goal. I was trying to master my craft. It wasn't my production. I was doing mixtapes. Like, a lot of these kids don't own their beats. You know, they're doing a lot of things where now you can get these YouTube views and SoundCloud plays be not making any money and not making any progression in your career. Yeah. If, you're, if you're in a larger city, once you get to that level, there's somebody waiting that's like, yo, this is what you got to do next. Right. But in Rhode Island, it's like if you get views, then you cool enough to be dope on Facebook, cool enough <laughs> to be dope on Twitter. Like, that's and, what it is. And, and, social and, media so do you rapper. feel people do it just by the likes in Rhode Island? I mean, everybody does it for a different reason, but me being a little older and doing it for so long, I get being in that space of it's like, yo, I'm just happy people are listening to the music. You know, that's a thing. Like, I'm happy people watch my video. I'm happy. But I am I got past that point. I, that was me in, like, 2011, 2012. So from there, I tried to figure out how I could just... Is this at break? Is this halftime? No. Oh, I, oh, I, but, yeah, I felt like... I had to step it up to the next level and show the younger guys what do you do after you put out a mixtape because I'd only put out mixtapes. So what did I do? I did an EP. I was one of the first people that I saw do an EP with all original music, do a short film with the EP. You know what I'm saying? Like doing different things, doing pop-up shops, doing listening sessions, doing my own parties, doing, you know what I'm saying? So many different things to diversify and show artists what to do. Because I see there's so much talent in Rhode Island. There's always been so much talent. If you listen to my music all the way back, it's always been about uplifting Rhode Island. And it's always been about putting on other artists and other DJs. I was always welcoming and open in all of my music. So I feel like that was able to get us to here today where we could have all this young youth and have people be excited about it. I think the thing about Young Cam was people were hyped when Paper Planes came on. It wasn't Hell like, yo, yeah. that's, that you know what I'm saying? Like, they actually liked the song. So yeah, I, I yeah. feel like that was the first time we had an artist that people actually liked the music and liked the person. I feel like I wasn't an asshole. You know, there was an era in Twitter where, Twitter where everybody was talking crazy. So I, <laughs> I was definitely talking crazy, you know, on Twitter with everybody else, you know. But, you know, I feel like in person I was always a cool person, you know what I mean, never like an asshole or treated anybody bad. So I feel like that allows me to still be here and be mobile now. Like even now I just did the pop-up shop at Trade. Still haven't seen an artist do a pop-up shop. Like, that's how artists in the music industry are making money. Kanye Thanks. made 500000 one weekend doing a joint at Madison Square Garden. That's a pop-up shop. Oh, he, did, yeah. he went on, before he went on tour, he did pop-ups in every city. So I'm like, all right, if I could do a pop-up, I could sell out of these shirts, sell out of these CDs in one weekend. That's better than me getting 100,000 views on YouTube all the Thanks. time. Like, it just, it just doesn't. Be, they don't see it that, that way. They don't see it they that way. They don't see it that but way. But also, that's where I stopped. I stopped at the last, the last run prior to Providence Code Wheels, the mixtapes. I stopped at YouTube videos and streams and, and club appearances. That was where it ended. So when everybody's saying about the young guys, I'm like, yo, in my opinion... I'm one of the people that's writing the blueprint when it comes to Providence hip-hop right now. So when I do something, people look at it and they go, oh, that's what we're supposed to do, and then they go and do it. But if I don't do that, then who else are they going to look to that's going to do something different? Like, this dope. That's not, that has nothing to do with music. That has mm -hmm. to do with your mindset and, and you as an individual, what you're trying to accomplish, how you're trying to impact the people. So I feel like, you know, that, that's why I'm excited to be back now, just to be a part. Of, I mean, I've always been a part of the conversation. I've always talked to 
know, the, the figureheads and, and, you know, promoters and different people in the community that care. I've always had those conversations, never disappeared. Like, it's like you guys still, I still see Cino all the time, still see you all the time. You know, it's just a different, I don't have a mixtape in my hand every time. Well, yes. I'm not dropping a song on YouTube, but I could do that tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm not moving in the world. It's not like I'm not a part of the, one of the illest collectives of all time in Rhode Island. Like, we're not doing stuff that Rhode Island has never seen. Like, mm -hmm. that's where we are right now, you know, to be a part of the original group, uh, a homegrown with Stay Silent, where we're putting different artists and now producers to go on there. You see people like Avenue from Boston, Cousin Stiz, Michael Christmas, Hill Holler, Kari Durgans, so many people that were able to touch this stage and now are doing ill shit. Skino had a set at the last joint. That was the first time we had producers on Homegrown, so to be a part of the, the group who started Homegrown, you know what I'm saying, that means a lot to me too. There's, there's a lot of things, you know, so I you know, that's why I feel like it's important to have podcasts in different places where we can speak and just get an understanding because people don't get to see it, especially for me, who doesn't talk a lot on Twitter. You know what I mean? You're not going to see me just making a statement on Twitter. You see flyers and you see promo. You know what I'm saying? On Instagram, I don't just post a bunch of selfies of me doing <laughs> stuff. Like, I'm in the studio. I'm, I make music every single day, but people have no idea what I'm doing unless I put it out, you know? so But now it's coming out, so they'll see, you know? Yeah. It's a good time. So for those who don't know, what's the name of the new single? The new well, I don't have a single, but the song that is out, the song that is, came out yeah. is Oxygen. It's produced by Chris Fame. It um, samples Johnny Gill's "There You Go" record from they, 1993. They, they can't have you the know, credits, man. Smooth, you can't tell them. Smooth on. <laughs> that's another thing. That's, that's that producer talk. But, it, but it's important right because <laughs> when I talk to my young artists in Rhode Island. They don't know what sample they got. So if it ever got hot, that's they're going to get sued. Yeah, but that's not that. But it's important that, you need no, to know that not, as an artist. They have to do their research. You they have to do their research. You can't be like, but I'm showing them that I'm doing my research. Like, I've been, I was a part of, you know, most of the production steps on this album. If I didn't co-produce or flip something on it, I engineered it or put the song together. I feel like a lot of artists, they're just getting able to get in the studio, pay $50 for two hours, record a track, and now they're a rapper. That is not the process. You know what I'm saying? people got to understand the process and for me i feel like if i'm gonna do it the right way then i gotta show my brothers and sisters how to do it you know yeah or at least how i did it because there's no right or wrong way but i could show you how how i did it and it comes from a respect and love for hip-hop rather than you know trying to be cool on the internet like I, I remember before people were rapping on the internet you know what i'm saying like myspace wasn't the coolest place to be an artist. Like, you had to go to the <laughs> venue and rap. Like, people don't rap in person no more. People can't even rap no more, never mind rap in person. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's tough to, to see that, you know, and be like, yo, that per you ain't going to see that person in the club anyway, so mm -hmm. they can't run up on you and tell you to spit balls. Like, you yeah, had to be a rapper. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, I was at Music Fiend. Anybody who came up rapping, you got to have your verse ready. Facts. Over at Jerky's Facts. doing shows, Roxy's. I opened up for everybody at Roxy's. Everybody at Jerky's had to have balls ready at any given moment so you know that's where I come from you know so I, I think it's just it's interesting like I like the new generation I love the new music like that's why I DJ so I can play a lot of the young artists and a lot of Let's the new sounds let get into the DJ life you're living yeah, right now this is fun I, I like it you know I wouldn't be able to DJ and what do you want to do it? I mean I've always been a tech, technically a DJ in the sense of knowledge of music how to play the music when to play the music who to play it for I started off making playlists in middle school at Roger Williams Middle School. People would be, I was one of the first dudes in the hood with a CD burner. 
right? So this is where it really <laughs> starts. So I, you can go on Napster, Bearshare, whatever was popping right there. And I was selling mixtapes at Roger Williams. I, I'll give you 10 songs for, for $3, 15 songs for $5. So this is really This is where, middle school. This is middle school this right here. And this, was I'm, hustling early. I'm not rapping on it. I'm making mixes for people. So, so you, But back then you wasn't rapping it. I wasn't. I, like, I was freestyling. I wasn't like, oh, I'm a rapper. And people in the world definitely didn't know I was a rapper. But yeah. people that knew knew that I sang because my family got old gospel R&B group. So I come from those roots. You know, I, I would usually sing for older people. You know, yeah. I wouldn't really sing a rap for my age group. So, you know, it's a different thing. But DJing, it just comes from me sitting behind Knockout for years, watching him be one of the greatest DJs of all time. You know what I'm saying? What's up, Munch? Watching, um, you know, Where's Nasty DJ and Killer be one of the greatest DJs of all time in my eyes that I've seen. You know, so I think I'm the only one in the world that's seen Knockout DJ everywhere and seen Where's Nasty DJ everywhere. And they can be considered, you know, two of the greatest DJs in Rhode Island history, New England history, from, from this point and this perspective, what they're accomplishing and what they're doing. And they got long careers ahead of them. But just from a technical standpoint, crowd control, respect, you know, musical interest, I think those two guys for me, those are my guys. So to watch them, it's an easy transition because I know how to cater to the room. I know, you know what I'm saying? I spent a lot of years in the club. So I know so many different sets and styles. Like, it was easy. So for me, I just felt like there was a, a, a void for me personally that I wanted to, one, express with music, be able to play all the classic R&B and all these different things that I may not necessarily be able to create on a day-to-day -day basis because I try to let music be natural. Whatever I'm going through becomes songs rather than me trying to like find a certain type of song and do that. So I can't really dictate the exact type of music that's going to come out. I just got to feel it out. But with DJing, you know, I can play an R&B set. You know what I'm saying? Like 90s R&B, I can just do that and play it the night yeah, of the yeah. venue. And it's like, that's okay, because that's not my rap. Exactly. So that's what I get from DJing personally. And then from a Rhode Island standpoint, there's a lot of dope DJs, but not a lot of them understand, I don't even want to say the business side of it, but just like the professional side of like being a professional, like really more than anything. Like if you're going to DJ, you got to do some mixes. If you're going to, you know what I'm saying? You got to know your music. You got to be up on what's hot. You got to know what's old. You got to cater to people, play music for people. Let the women have fun. Let them sing and dance and smile. Like that's what I want to see. So when I go to lounges and bars and people are not having a good time and it's like, yo, you playing the music, but you're not playing for them. Like that's what's going on here. So, you know, I'll get you right out of there. I'll come in, you know, do the right thing, and everybody will be all right. So, I don't know. I, I, DJing is fun for me more than anything. More than anything. Yeah. What you so, got? all right. So, you being a DJ, well, a DJ now, more so like you got sets going on. I see, you know, a few flyers going around. Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel like DJs should start getting back to the way it was where they broke records? Absolutely. I don't think anybody should have stopped breaking records. I mean, Facts. I feel like if you're not, I mean, it's different types of DJs. So, like, some people play new music. Like, I feel like where, where Where's Nasty is right now, like, when he's DJing at Henny Palooza, he don't got time to be breaking some local guy's record if that local guy <laughs> ain't moving the way he needs to be moving. So there's difference between, like, for example, like they have the launch pad ninety four five. Are we talking about breaking records at a at a party while he's DJing or oh yeah yeah like uh, usually, but you got two they'll different have like a crowd like, like you can break the new Migos record that no one's heard but we know it's gonna hit anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. or you can break the local guy that nobody's heard but this is dope so I feel like there's two different sides of breaking so like if you're at 
like for for that example with with where's nasty if he's DJing at Henny Palooza in New York, LA, wherever it is, he got to play hit after hit because this is a it's all yeah, energy, yeah, it's exactly. all party. You don't got time to play that local guy that is not in the mix. Now, if you're a local guy and your song is moving and then you're gonna you're, you're on that way to being there, then that's a good way to break you in compared to. Like I said, like a or not knockout in the ninety five five on a Sunday night midnight madness. You can play somebody's record that people don't necessarily know because it's a different energy. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like there's different platforms for different people. Mm-hmm. You you know, and that's up to the DJ to find the platform that they want to be. If you want to be someone that breaks new artists, then you have to go to platforms like the Launchpad ninety four five on a Sunday night where that's their job. The Launchpad they are launching new artists, you know. Mm-hmm. And it compared to someone else who wants to be live in the mix from two to four, you can't play those records. Like that's not a part of the system. So I feel like as a DJ, you have the option to choose. Now, if you put yourself in a position where you're supposed to be putting people on and breaking records, and you're not doing that, then you're not doing your job. But you know, everybody has a different job as DJs, artists, producers, so on. Word. Word. Now, um, Young King Oso. Yeah. Who's, who's on it? Who's um producers you use? Like what's what's up with that one? I only got one feature. That's Avenue from Boston. Spent some joint. How you, how did you and Avenue link? Um I know I have been seeing you y'all, you know. I want I mean I've been coming to Rhode Island for some years now, building with different people. I think he did a show with, like, Drew, M3, and Beans at Firehouse 13 back in the day. I seen a video. He did a cypher, a Boston cypher. He killed it. And then I seen a video he had for my niggas that was really, really dope. So when I seen that, I was like, yo, this this kid has something. One is hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's raw hip-hop, but it's also true. I didn't feel like he was lying. And that, that for me, that's very important for artists like when I'm listening to an artist do I feel like you are lying to me <laughs> like if I feel like you're lying to me then I can't really listen to the music I mean there's you know there's di- different types of music Wait, so, for, so for different times hold on hold on so if, yeah. if if you listen to somebody they feel like you feel like they're lying but then they hit you up to do some shit what you you just say no or what's I mean I, I don't really do collaborations right now anyway there's not a lot of people asking Why not? me I mean, I, I like I had an era where I was doing songs with everybody. I felt like if you wasn't there at that era, then you missed that <laughs> you era. Missed you missed those. <laughs> like, there's at least there's at least fifty to hundred people in Rhode Island that could say I got a track with Ken. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot of people a, to be saying. Like I've I've produced mixtapes for like full mixtapes for people. So I've given you know a lot to people in general you know and, I, and I, that's what I try to do I try to be that OG that can provide a platform for people to come and express themselves whether it's me engineering and recording them whether it's me trying to produce whether it's me trying to do something I don't necessarily have to rap with you Kanye don't have to rap on your song for you to you know collaborate with Kanye mm-hmm. so that that's where I kind of want to go with it like I'm always going to be MC always going to be lyrical with it but you know I feel like collaborations will happen in due time and I make music personally by myself in the room and you can hear it in the lyrics and the style of songs that I choose to make so I feel like I, you know I pick and choose who I want to let into that world now I'm also getting back into mixtape soon which is gives me a different platform for people to rap on different beats and other stuff where it's not official songs many, but we you, just getting off do you even know how many mixtapes you would drop at least 25 at least I've made at least 25 mixtapes I mean it started in like 10th 11th grade and I, the first mixtape I made was 20 tracks of crack over at Feinstein. You know what I'm saying? And that was, you know, I probably burnt that off of my own 
computer and then handed it out with like marker written on the CDs. <laughs> that was like that had twenty I songs. Don't see on me burning the days. Yeah, that, but that was twenty songs. You know, I had my friends on the basketball team, people that went to high school with me on the tracks. And then it just grew from there. I just kept building. But it was always me. Like, I always made my music at my house. Like, it was yeah, my yeah. it was my lyrics. It was my world. I wasn't, like, going to somebody's studio and learning how to do stuff. Like, I want to yeah. say the first time I really did get into the studio was probably with, like, DJ L's, Jerry Garcia, and Anytime. Shout out to Anytime. They had a studio up Elmwood. And yeah, was, I remember that studio. Yeah, that was, that was a know, dope-ass studio, too. That was around G-Block Money 1 yeah. era. And we, we did some joints, man. Shout-out to Els, shout-out to Jerry, any, you know what I'm saying? And that was, like, I want to say that was the first time that I really got into, like, a real studio and recorded some tracks. And But then I was already 18 mixtapes in. Like, it wasn't like Shit, I was like, yeah. am I going to be Yeah, I remember. I think I was, matter of fact, I think I was around yeah. that time. Because I remember that, that old... That 17, 18 mixtape time, like talking about, yo, you 17 or 18 mixtapes in and shit, so that's crazy. I wear it up. Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of a lot of history with that, but a lot of them was freestyles. Like, it wasn't, like, full original projects. That's why, you know, a lot of the kids now, not to call them kids, but the younger artists now, they don't really know about that because they were going to my personal people. Like, if you wasn't in the club with us when Paper Planes was popping, you probably don't remember Paper Planes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, not, you, a lot of them ain't even old enough. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. They weren't like, even old enough to get the club then. So that's a different... That's like, that's five, six years ago. That's, yeah, it's a long like, time. <laughs> and so they all crazy. like 20, 21 yeah. now. So it's like, yo, it was 15, yeah. 14. They so wasn't in no damn club. So. so And they never got a mixtape for me because they was never in the environment. Like, yeah, yeah. I was giving mixtape out to people I play ball with. You know what I'm saying? Like, girls that I went to school with and hung out with, you know, and, like, my people, like, my family. It wasn't, like, there was never, like, this whole, you know, everybody else thing. It was for my people. So I think, you know, that's that's where it is now. It's still, now it's starting to become something bigger than that because I'm, I know people now that I didn't know growing up. I just know them from parties, know them from being at the studio, know them from being around. So the world is a lot bigger, but it's still just the world. Like, I see 2,500 people at Daytrail, but I'm still seeing them in person. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're still coming to my world. Like, if nobody came to Daytrail, I would still be at Daytrail. So it's not yeah, like yeah. I'm going to Daytrail <laughs> to see them. Yeah, like, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, people are coming to where I am at, so I am now seeing more people. Facts. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. All right, yo. I'll drop that real quick. Find some music. How much time we got? Come on, DJ. Get on your DJ. Wait, wait. Before you, you before you drop it, before you drop it, um, Young King, Old Soul, is that a mixtape or an album? It is absolutely an album. I'm independent. I'm CEO. It's going to be on iTunes and Spotify and Tidal and all that stuff? It will be. You know, later. I had to make physical copies for my people so my people can get the music first. It's not coming out for at least another month, maybe two. But I made physical copies of it. I got it done super early and made physical copies so I can give it to my people. And they can it's know It's very what dope, I'm doing. by the way, because yeah. I have a copy in my <laughs> car. And how many tracks um, you got on there? Oh, you didn't say how many, yeah. pro- like the producer? Yeah, I asked about I, you the- just cut me off. <laughs> I didn't. I don't, so, that uh, first one, right, so that first one was uh, Chris Fame, but I think Skino got like four joints. I'm about to play. Skino just wanted a plug. Joints. He honestly <laughs> just wanted a plug. <laughs> you see him here, he's like, how many producers you got? <laughs> no, I, I, hey, asked, I asked that. I already I already know what I got on there. You know, Skino's a legend, man. So Skino was on the first one and and it's like the same producers from the first project i had chris fame on there i had skino i had slick on the last one but instead of slick i got another hot stopper brother on this one i got generous on this one shout out to generous 
And then uh, Jeff Gall, he did the intro on this, but I, I had it from the last album. It just it stayed alive and came on this album. You know, and then I got MLA. Shout out to the young boys, MLA. Word. You know, but yeah. Schemo when are you dropping your first like song off the album? He already well, dropped yeah, it. Yeah, I dropped the Oxygen on, He said, no, he said that's together. not really the song. Well, he said it's, it's not really song. a single, yeah, but. It's not so. a sing- like, I'm not expecting my club DJs to play that in the club. You know what I'm saying? That's what I say when I say it's not a single. It is out, but it's more for, like, personal listening. You know what I mean? There's different types of records for different environments, and I know based on what I'm saying and the type of beats I choose where it's going to live, but I think it, it's a personal record that people will hear and like, you know, and they'll think about their life, you know, they won't necessarily feel, you're not going to hear the song and be like, hell yeah, this is going to turn up in the club, we're going to kill them, that's not really that one, you know, not to say that I'm <laughs> never going to make that type of music, because I am, I make all types of music, especially smooth R&B, but for that first record, it's been so long, I felt like it was important to give people something personal so they know I'm serious. If I just came back on some lit shit, I feel like I'd be like, oh, this nigga's like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that ain't, that ain't never been. Like, even on Paper Planes, that was not a popular beat. Like, that was an A-rap beat that I sang on. You know what I'm saying? It was a rap song. I'm sure if it was up to him, it would have been like a Slaughterhouse record or something. Like, he was not thinking the club when he heard it. You know what I'm saying? I heard it and just heard something special in the melody and the way I sang over it made it more smooth. But I don't think the idea of the beat was to make a club jam. Yeah, yeah, and I think it just be, it made its way to the club because people liked it, but it was not made for the club. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, so let me play this joint right here. This one's called Homie Love of Friend, produced by John Skeno. Plug that back in, yo. You're right. What is it? Homie Love of Friend? Homie Love. Don't nobody know that's the name of it, though. It's called HLF. Oh. And um, yeah, this is kind of some smooth stuff. Sipping on the hand on my shit again. Shorty on my right, homie, love a friend. Flipping hands, spending hands, counting Benjamins. Late night, cruising in the band. Young and wild, and they criticizing the way we live. Well, I say, fuck them, I don't trust them. End the discussion. Try to live righteous and pray that the Lord forgive my sins. Not for nothing, I feel it. My time is coming. Since you've been around, it ain't back in the days, girl. I'm that nigga now. I used to be the prince sitting on the bench. Now I'm a trail young nigga sitting with the crown. Now listen, mommy, been the prince of Privy with my clique beside me, twisting Marley. Hater, why you mad? Bill O'Reilly, trick is killer time. Going in my back, feeling godly. Got the whole city behind me, chain a motherfucker, stop me, shouty. You know how I do.
spring to summer Never got the ones I wanted Just the ones that wanted me It's been a minute since you've been around It ain't back in the days Girl, I'm that nigga now I used to be the prince Sitting on the bench Now I'm a trail young nigga Sitting with the crown Mommy been the prince of privy with my click beside me, twisting Marley. Hater, why you mad? Bill O'Reilly, trick is killer time. Going in my back, feeling godly. Got the whole city behind me, chain a motherfucker, stop me, shouting. You know how I do. Back. 
That was called Special, produced by Generous. The one before was Homie Love a Friend, produced by Skino. Shout out to the Hot Stoppers. Definitely legendary producers, all my Haitian brothers. What's up? Hot Stoppers. You just want to play. Yeah. Get over there cheesing. We, I recorded all the stuff. tracks. Shout out to Anytime BOE Studio. Recorded all the tracks up in here. He mixed all the joints. Made me sound good. Hey. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yo, so. Who's like your favorite producer you've worked with so far? Skino and Chris Fame. You don't have guys. to say because he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, those two guys. And, and uh, Jeff Gore is an incredible producer when he's not being a knucklehead, too. <laughs> yeah. But that, that I've worked, because me and Skino and, and Chris Fame, we actually, like, be in the studio together, in the room together, going through hundreds of beats. So that's a different process than someone just sending you, like, a song, you know? So, yeah. no, I, I definitely rock with him. I wouldn't be able to make the project without Skino and Chris Fame. They, they made, like, the... The, the the meat of the, of the album, you know what I'm saying, and then I put other stuff around it. But there would be no album if it wasn't "Homie, Love a Friend" and "Oxygen." You know what I'm saying. Now you went from um, Young Cam to Cam Bells. Yeah. Why um, why you changed the name? Well, I mean, my name is Cameron, so I really didn't change my name. I was just the young nigga Cam that be rapping, so mm-hmm. I was Young Cam. And then when I grew up. My father's name was Bells, so old uh, OG, Providence OG. So he was Mr. Bells, Uncle Bells, whatever you want to call it. But so I'm Cam Bells. I'm Bells' son. That's what they to the adults when they see me. Yo, that's that's Bells' son. <laughs> he's he's good. So that's who I always was. I was Cam Bells' son. So that's just Cam Bells. But knockout right. one day was like. It's like, yo, you should just be Cam Bells. That would be fire. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that, that, that's ill. And I then, can hear knockout saying yeah, that shit to me. So and then I gave him the, the knockout name, you know, because yeah. his initials KL. So I'm like, you just got to be knockout. Yeah. So that's ill that, you know, both of those names. But yeah, Cam Bells, man. So I mean, it, it's just me. It's just being myself. It's not really a rap name. Yeah. Like, I'm Cam, I introduce myself to people as Cameron. Like, it's just so I am every day. I chose to take the path of... I feel like when you're making music, you you, you, you get the opportunity to choose. Do you want to be a real rapper or do you want to be a WWF rapper? And everybody gets to choose. <laughs> and and it, there's no right or wrong. Dude, what the hell is a WWF rapper? A WWF rapper. Like, like 50 Cent, for example. <laughs> like, 50 Cent and Curtis Jackson are two totally different. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like... But I feel like Kanye West be Kanye West. I feel like Kendrick Lamar is Kendrick Lamar. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there are certain people that you're like, yo, I feel like that's how they are all the time. And then there's other people who's like, yo, the camera comes on. And don't get me wrong, I love 50, one of my favorite artists, one of my biggest influences. But, you know, if he was being Curtis or Boo Boo, I think there's a different, you know, you get a different tone. But you do get those songs on this album, like God Gave Me Style, Gotta Make It to Heaven, that really show a different side to 50 Cent, you know, when you get the R&B, the 21 Questions. I feel like that's when you're getting Curtis. And when you get the super gangster guns kill everybody, you're getting this 50 Cent character, you know. Right. So I don't really have a lot of character records. I have more, like, personal life records. So, yeah. Now, um, you know, what what was the R&B um, mixtapes you was making back in the day? Or? The black tape. The black tapes. Are, are, are you ever going to get back to, yeah, to that? Or up, like... I'm cooking up an R&B EP right now. I've been yeah. working on it the whole time. That's why this album is so smooth, so I can go into R&B, right. because I felt like I couldn't just go from Providence Code to R&B. People be like, how did we get here? It's because mm-hmm. even the black tape, like I used to put that out online for seven days. If you didn't download in that seven days, it never existed. Yeah. There was uh, that, no see, CDs. I was about to... I was gonna ask something similar to that. Are those 
all the all those mixtapes online or there's nah, not, none of them or it never happened. What about GBM Volume it One? Never two? happened. No, That's for the streets. <laughs> like if you was there, you was there. Like it, it never but happened. that tells you that that tells you people based on history. It's like limited edition clothing and different stuff yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. out. Like if you didn't get that Supreme joint when you got it, then that's why it costs fifteen hundred, two thousand to get it because you can't get it nowhere. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I feel like that's how a lot of the collectibles are gonna be with me because they're time period pieces. You know. So for me, like a, a six song R and B EP. You know, like, come on, that's just, you know, I sent it to women. I didn't even share it to my men. My homies don't even know I made an R&B. It was like I made it, and if the women that it got to, it got to. But that's mm-hmm. what it was for, you know. And hopefully that, that'll get to, like, that'll get to the next level. You know, like when an R&B artist does, like, a ladies-only tour? And it's like, you, you know if you a dude, you should not be at that Trace Song show. You know what I'm saying? But you know why they going. Unless yeah. it's, like, Valentine's Day, you're taking yeah. your girl or something. Like, girl. Niggas know why they going, because yeah. they know they're going to find something up in there. Fine so, joint. So that, I mean, that's how I want my R and B to be. You know, a little more intimate. You know, whether it's me with a woman or you. You like. I feel like with R and B with smooth stuff, you either you either a dude feeling like I'm speaking for you and you're talking to the woman. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm giving you a voice where you could just turn on the music and you don't gotta say nothing. I'm gonna get you where you need to go. Right. Or you feel like you're a woman and you feel like I'm talking to you and I'm making you feel sexy or feel good about yourself. So either way, I feel like it's a good vibe from R and B. So it's definitely some stuff coming. That's what I've been producing, trying to figure out how to make a classic R&B sound where I could, you know, make the tunes, write the lyrics, and and uh, deliver the vocals. So yeah, it's it's coming around. Have you been producing for anybody else, like like locally no, or nobody, like uh, people or, don't even like, know I make beats. Really? So that's not even like sitting watching Skino, Chris Fame, even going to Arab's house, Jeff Gore. Excuse me, Pat seventy two Dolphins. Like I got to sit back and watch them the same way I watched Jay and Knockout with DJ and I got to sit and watch them, you know, play with Fruity Loops and Ableton and different programs and like I'm a learner. Like when I leave a room, but when you when you I'm do all that, you don't feel like um you don't feel like people will be like, Damn, yo, he's trying to do too much or like damn, like now nah, he wants to be a DJ, now nah, nah, he wants to be a But they don't even know. Like, <laughs> people don't know. Like people don't even know I produce. They don't even know I did songs on my album because I'm not talking about it. Like yeah, they don't yeah, know yeah. what I did. It you don't just, even put yourself as a on the credits or Yeah, that? and huh? it's not it's not there. It, to me it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I'm like I'm not in this Providence Cold Show film. Yeah, I'm not yeah, in it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm in one scene for like zero point two seconds. <laughs> like so it, to me that's not really what it's about. I feel like I have a bigger goal, a bigger message and what I want to do with the music. So that's what I'm going to do. People are going to see me and know me if they know me and see me. Like, you could watch some old uh, Quentin Tarantino films and then he'll be playing the ill role. Like, he'll be the dude, the clerk at the store and you won't even know that's him in his own movie. He <laughs> yeah, directed yeah, yeah. and put the whole thing together. But if you know, you know. And then if Man. you don't know, you you don't know. You know, just because I'm not a very in front of the camera flashy guy that's not my character so I felt like I have to, I had to find a space where I'm comfortable as a person where I could deliver my art give it to people consistently you know and do what I like to do word and um how old were you when your um when your father passed was that like, like I was 15 that was my freshman year in high school I was playing ball at Feinstein and then yeah, he passed the cancer so that was like that's a big part of my story because yeah. You know, a lot of people lose different people at different ages, but I was so young that for the rest of my life, I was able to be, like, a, a positive influence to people who are losing parents and friends and stuff. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. it's going to be... To look someone in their eyes when they lose a parent and be like, yo, 
it's going to be all right because I was there mm-hmm. and I know it's going to be all right. Like, it's only up from here. People be like, damn, I don't know why he really believes I'm going to be okay, but he yeah. made me feel like I'm going to be okay. So I think that was a blessing in disguise then. Like, it feels like it's the end of the world when you're 15 in high school. You don't want right. to do nothing. Like, that's what led me to music and led me to uh, a lot of street shit. But, like, I feel like me going through it is able to, even for my friends now, to have conversations when parents and friends are going through stuff. I'm just very confident in knowing that it's going to be all right. So I think that's, you know, why that was that happened to me. You know, you got to find why. Once you find why, then you can fulfill that void for whatever path the journey that is. You're a very, like, happy person. I don't think I've ever seen you mad. I mean, not like uh, super yeah, happy, yeah, jolly, yeah. but you're like just like so calm. Be, I try to be positive. I mean, I wasn't always like this. There's people in past lives that will tell you I'm crazy, that tell you I'm wild, I'm disrespectful, all these different things. So I think it's whatever light you see me in and whatever stage of life I'm in because I feel like we grow and we learn and only through experiences. Like I've been through a lot of bad experiences, I've had a lot of good experiences. I feel like it all balances out. So I choose to acknowledge and share my positive experiences and then use my bad experiences as also a teaching mechanism so people don't make the same mistakes or learn how to deal with certain things, you know? So, I mean, I try to stay positive. I try to pray and keep myself mentally in a good space so that I don't want to share negative energy with people. I don't want to go somewhere and somebody feels like, I don't like how their energy is, you know, it's making me feel weird. I want people to feel comfortable and happy and confident, you know? So that's what I try to give off so that people can feel the same way. So what's next for young Cam? Next for young Cam is that he grows up and becomes Cam Bells. And then after that, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to drop the album. We're going to roll it out. Um, and I got a lot of music. You know, we I do a lot of events. I do the third shift with Chris Fame at Aurora for producers and artists to come and showcase their talents. Like, I'm heavily involved with BO8, helping over here, doing different things, engineering, a lot of different stuff. So I'm going to just continue doing what I've been doing. But now people are going to know publicly what I've been doing, stay silent events. We got a lot of stuff. Love you better, R&B party, bounce house, killing them month after month. Day trails coming soon. Eggs over. We're gonna be in a bunch of different cities, homegrown, putting on different different um, up and coming talent. You know, so there's a lot of good stuff. The DJing is starting to fit in. Like I, you know, I'm never gonna be like the closing super DJ guy because hopefully I'll be the closing rapping guy. But <laughs> as far as, you know, Rhode Island goes, I'm going to be one of them DJs that DJ for yourself. Be like, hold on, let me drop my song. Yeah, yeah, and then run back in front of them. Like, and get on there, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know, but I, pl- I play a lot of local artists, you know, so I feel like that's something that I want to do. I feel like that, that, yeah, I like doing that. It's not like, it's not a job or nothing. Who's one of, like, your favorite local artists right now? My favorite local artists... Right now, I gotta give you a list. So I'll say when I when I think local, I think of all of New England as local. So I think of Boston and Providence and Connecticut, but I don't know a lot about Connecticut. There's a lot of dope DJs there. I know a couple of artists, a couple of producers, but Rhode Island, like that I because I would have to start with people that I specifically work with and are connected to, like Hill Holler and um, Avenue out in Boston, and um, like there's there's too many artists in Rhode Island for me to be like which ones are my favorites, but those are the people that I specifically am collaborating on on uh, on the normal, you know what I'm saying, on the regular, or, try, or building with on an interstate, on a bigger vision than just, like, 
trying to just do some local stuff. With, mm-hmm. Like, like we're really trying to take it to the next level. Because I got mad love for people that are doing it in Rhode Island and killing it in Rhode Island. Like, this, I give you a list of 50. I think he's going to run down some names, so that'll be a lot easier for me than having to name people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I can't, can't really leave names out like that, so I'm just not going to say no names. I'm just going to say the names that I know. Av is on my album, and Hill was on my last album, so I'm going to say them. Then after that, everybody's my people, you know. What you got for me, rude boy? Um, so artists usually stop by. We, we name a few names and just tell us what you think about that person, like either as an artist, as a person, or yeah. whatever, whatever comes to mind. Or past, right. and if you've it, never uh, heard him. Right, yeah. And anytime's not going to cut us off. He's going to let us go to nah, work. No, no, we so go. We yeah, good. we good. Right, yeah. <laughs> he knows better. Every, everything's right. in here. Right. John Hope. Hope. Hope is a Rhode Island legend, man. He's in really New England because he, he did a tape back with Static Selector back in the day that was killer. So shout out to John Hope, OG. Uh, definitely paved a lot of ways, uh, roads for people to come up. Hip-hop in Rhode Island, positive brother. You know, he hosts the PC. Like, outside of rapping, he's also getting into acting and hosting. Like, Hope is just a positive figure for Rhode Island in general. If you go to other cities and different places if you want to talk Rhode Island rappers there's not a lot of people they know but people do know John Hope so gotta have love and respect for Hope for doing what he does on a high level because he produces really high quality videos high quality music you know and he's always being John Hope and putting on for Rhode Island so shout out to Hope oh Chach Chachi Chachi another OG man Chachi man because Chachi's in the schools as much as he is in the books so he puts a lot of opportunities out there for kids I know he works at the Met and does a lot of stuff with up and comers at at the Met High School and at the Met the venue where where people perform but K. Verdian brother traveling around the world touring He, he performed at the Dunk this year with Nelson Freitas like come on man Chachi's the man he's one of the originators we talking Pawtucket hip hop Rhode Island hip hop we talking Jinsu, we talking CR the Beast, what's the CMG record? Like, so that he, Chachi is, he definitely, you know, he got his his stone carved when it comes to this Rhode Island hip hop stuff and world hip hop because he's traveling. He's one of the few people that I know that's traveling around the world getting paid to perform at stadiums. So he, you know, people look at it as, yo, this, you know, they ain't got no SoundCloud plays or well, you ain't traveling overseas <laughs> and getting paid yeah, to perform. Yeah. So what are you really trying to do here? What yeah. is your goal? You know, but shout out to Chachi. You mentioned Jensu. What about Jensu? Jensu, I mean, I, I I only met him for the first time last year, but I, I know he I know he was on a Bow Wow album. I know that, so he was on like Bow Wow's fourth album. Or something. He got a verse, and it was and it was hot. So oh I always God, respected yeah. him for that. I didn't really know, like I didn't really hear his music when he was a kid. I wasn't really a part of that scene. But Jay always be talking about like, yo, when he was coming up, and, you know. Jensen was the man for the you know for yeah, that he for was, that group yo. of people he you was. know so and it's like I don't know I yeah. felt like it just went out of nowhere and I I know recently there was a whole Facebook thing of yeah people it wasn't going it wasn't happening yeah. but I mean he made it he made it out of Pawtucket like it's yeah. it's it's sad that people I think, think they'd love to see you stay here and like oh and you gotta do, keep talking yeah. about Providence then Rhode but then and, but then they'll look at it they'll say Kim's still here rapping about Rhode Island so what you want do you want people <laughs> exactly. to leave and not rap about Rhode Island or do you no want sense, them to man. stay here and rap about Rhode Island so I think people are always gonna have criticism but I think Jinsu he puts out a lot of dope videos a lot of dope songs I think he has his own wave you know what I'm saying he's doing what he needs to do so yeah you can't really say anything bad about him only thing you can say is that you don't know of him and if you don't know of him then you should probably do some research or go ask somebody before right. you start saying stuff the Almighty Crew. We got Almighty Nino, Almighty Season, 
uh, Almighty Yami. Yeah, shout out to the New Edition Yami. He's just, that's the young boy right there. <laughs> Nino, man, Nino's killing it. Let's start with C. I guess C's, me and C's go back some years. Me and C's probably got a song probably like nine years ago, 10 years, eight years ago, something like that. But C's, now nah, C's the real deal. C's got a really good voice, and his tracks always feel good. They always feel professional, like a yeah, hot song on the radio. He just dropped a dope song a couple of days yeah, ago, that too. Smooth like, R&B yeah, that smooth R&B That's tough, <laughs> man. And he had the pull-up run. You know, the pull-up run was a crazy run. Yeah, that was yeah. the only run that I seen parallel or close to Paper Planes where you can go somewhere and people actually sing the song like they yeah, like yeah. it. It's not like you're forcing them mm-hmm. to sing the song. It'll just come on and they can just sing and dance. So I, I rock with it. I brought them all that. The last homegrown I performed at to do pull-ups. So shout out to C's. Nino, man, I remember before when Nino, when he, when he first, well, he's always been rapping and producing, but he was just like, yo, I, I ain't never going to put out a project. And I'm like, what you mean? You ain't never. I was hearing the beats and the tracks. I'm like, nah, you got to do this. <laughs> and then eventually came, he dropped his EP. Joint was killer. Started doing shows. Started killing them. Then p- started bringing in the Young Ghost Records brothers. I know all yeah. of them individually and a lot of their older family members and stuff. They brought in a new energy. You know what I'm saying? So that whole collective. All my, I remember season, you know, before, you know, when it was Gemstars and other yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And now we got the Almighty, Almighty movement, yeah. which, is, which is really, really dope. So... Shout out to C's, man. I was talking to him the other night. He said he's about to get on it this year yeah, and really kill him. Yeah. I, I need an EP produced by Nino too, man, with C's. That's, that's, that's what I need to see. I need to see a full EP with C's produced by Nino with them collaborating on some Travis Scott Kanye type tip. <laughs> like, that would be killer. Oh, yeah. J Deuce. Jay Deuce, man. Jay Deuce is a legend. Oh, man. Jesse, as we call him. J- Jesse, man. <laughs> shout, shout out to Jay Deuce, man. That's another young legend. Like he's he did it the way he did it for the first time for people in Rhode Island and people will compare it to like when I had my run because I was like the first one with cool YouTube videos and like doing shows at Roxy's at that age and shit like that so Jay Deuce does a lot of that stuff now for this generation but he's also captured the internet generation of like SoundClouders and YouTubers like you know how I was I be talking about SoundClouders and YouTubers but he's one of the few people that actually. Uh, executes it and uses it the right way you know so he got a lot of people that watch him and support him i see him people love him on facebook he did the dunk too at the uh power circle show with young thug and all of them so that was a major move you know what i'm saying he put out a bunch of mixtapes his consistency is crazy because he dropped so many videos of of such good quality you know people always want to say so everybody comes to me when a new rapper anytime a new rapper in Rhode Island comes out they could Kim what you think this is this, this. <laughs> and then if I say nah it's good then they be like ah oh, yeah. right. like I feel yo I feel like Jay Deuce is really dope he mixes up the southern cuz I know a lot of his family's from Florida yeah, so yeah. he got like an authentic southern vibe it's not he don't sound like a fake Atlanta rapper you know niggas be rapping they sound like fake Atlanta rappers like he, I feel like his southern influence is really true like he really you know what I'm saying uh-huh. got that vibe so I like Jay Deuce. I want to hear him do a full, uh, a full pro. Like I heard a couple mixtapes, but I, I really want to see him do like a real full project and get behind it. But then I also feel like there's some artists that are like album artists, and some artists that are like mixtape artists. Like, like Gucci Man had mad albums, but we like Gucci's mixtapes because mm-hmm. it's raw. Future yeah. got mad albums, and I like Future's albums, but we want his mixtapes. So Jay Deuce might be one of those guys that can give you an album and it'll be dope. But when he gives you that raw mixtape stuff, that's where he really kills it. When he right. really gives you those raw videos and you feel like you and his crew, you and his neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that raw feel. So shout out to Jay Deuce. Vic Mucker. 
Vic Mucker. Shout out to Vic Mucker, man. It locked up. They need to free that boy. We need, we need to happy make... born day. It was his birthday. It was his birthday. Yeah. Wow, happy birthday to that boy, man. I mean, he got a lot of good joints. I mean, I like the Big Brother record. There was a couple records I like. And, you know, the whole Congress. I got a lot of history with a lot of Congress brothers. So shout out to all them. Even shout out to Shad, who was doing it before him. If I'm not mistaken, he was, like, with Shad when they was doing, like, the mm -hmm. F1. And then yeah. once Shad was gone, he had to step up and take that himself. And he was doing a hell of a job and moving right. the right way. I heard he had a couple good label meetings and different people that were interested in investing. You know, you just got to stay out of those streets and wait for your time, man. But, you know, there's people like Meek Mill and different people that went to jail, that was moving, went to jail, got out, and executed. So as long as he keeps his mind straight and he gets out and does the right thing, then he'll be right back on the path of where he was going. All right, Kid Mello. Kid Mello, I don't really know a lot. I know of the Mello family. I don't really know a lot about him. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know a lot about the music and stuff. I haven't. Re I, I think I heard a song with Young Lito that was, it was pretty good. You know, so I'm not really sure. I know he was locked up for a little bit, so I know it's not a lot of time, like, being out here and being active, mm -hmm. but I have heard the name, you know what I'm saying? But I've never had, like, a conversation with him or nothing, but shout out to Kid Mello. JC. Like, JC, you know JC, right? JC, From yeah. Hoffman. Yeah, I mean, um, he's not bad. I like the cypher that he had with um, Mike Slick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was dope. You know what I'm saying? But I haven't heard like a full project or anything. I've seen like a couple videos. You have like my little cousins and stuff in the video. So I see it from that angle, but I don't really know a lot about him or a lot about the movement. So mm -hmm. Z100. Z, I like Zay Zay, man. That's my guy. Right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my guy. Um, I mean, he came to me early. We always, I'd always see him like at Deuce's Barbershop. And he's like, yo, Cam, I think I want rap. I don't know, niggas are saying this, saying that. I'm like, yo, man, don't worry about it. But I'm like, the only thing that I need from you is you're one of the funniest, coolest brothers that I know. So if you come out with songs and they are not funny and it's like <laughs> this rap shit, I'm like, that's not going to be right. He'll tell you this. So I said, I'm like, yo, as long as it's funny and it's you, it's going to work because yeah, yeah. you're a cool dude. Everybody likes you. Just just have fun making music. And he's like, yo, that's what I'm already doing. Right. You know, and then he started dropping his joints. He did the EP with Skino, you know what I'm saying? It had the Choosy and other records. And now he's dropping a new joint. He got this song, Kamehameha Joint, that I'm waiting for him to drop. He don't want to release it, but it's fire. It's fire joint. But then I heard the scene, girl, that's hot. You know what I'm saying? I got a record for him, actually, that Skino produced. Skino didn't even know that I'm going to put him on it. But I got a record that Skino <laughs> produced that I'm going yeah, I'm I'm to get Z on. Shout out to him. Shout out to all my Haitian brothers. You know what I'm saying? Wavy Bunch. Um, I know this one is going to be real biased, but Hill. Yeah. <laughs> man, Hill's my guy, man. You know, I worked closely with him on his last project. He worked closely with me with my project. You know, we both are part of the same collective, you know, so we move very similar, you know, but... He was OG, man. He'd been rapping for years. You know what I'm saying? Always been a cool dude involved with uh, blahs and a lot of different stuff. So, yeah, he was my guy, man. He, he he's, he's working on some stuff now. New EP with a lot of bounce. That I think people are going to be shocked when they hear it. Like, wow, I didn't know Hill had bounce like that. But, nah, Hill got the bounce because he always had the soul. You know, he started with the hard liquor with Skino. And that was that's my favorite hard liquor right there. You know, and then from there you get you got OP that people been waiting for years in Pawtucket. Right. Been waiting that for was that was our detox. Problem. 
you know, but it finally came, right. and in my opinion, it was right. You know, oh, like yeah. he gave us real music, gave us real songs, gave us great artwork, it was dope video. You know what I'm saying? It was on the right platforms, and it's a stepping stone. Like he he's dropping, like I can say, artists will have all these plays on YouTube, but he was selling jerseys for eighty dollars. You know what I'm saying? PVD. <laughs> like, so, Seriously? Yeah, you giving your songs away for free and 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 bragging that you have plays, yet you are not making no money. It's like right. so. What do you? And not to say that it's all about money, but just to say in the execution of, of using your music to the best of your abilities. Like, mm -hmm. Jay-Z is one of the biggest ever, but what they don't realize is that J Jigga was making $80 million a year on Rockaway, mm -hmm. not on Rockefeller. Mm -hmm. Rockefeller was falling in debt, and that's why a lot of artists leave the music industry without money, because the money you make in the music industry goes to your cost of living, goes to your tours, goes to everything, your production, your videos. So at the end of the run, it's like, I hope you use this opportunity to make money outside of rap. Not when you get to the end. You see the new edition movie, you get to the end, and they're like, there's no money. And they're like, yeah, where the money go? Yeah, and they're like, yeah. well, where you think you was getting fresh clothes every day? Yo, that was fire, man. Yeah. That was legendary. you know. But that shows you the side of the music industry. And you could see Ronnie DeVoe now on The Breakfast Club talking about, hey, we could say we ain't getting nothing, but we know when we was on tour, we was eating great poupon and lobster yeah, and shrimp every yeah. night. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like you got to be aware of, you know, the money being spent because you the artist, so it's coming out of your budget. So mm -hmm. I just want to be aware. So when we when I'm talking about, like, fashion and, and making money at pop-ups and different stuff, it's not because I'm saying that's more important than the music. It's just, be, just saying that if you want to be in the music business, and you got to understand and execute the business as much as you execute the music. Right. right. Now, um, Rain. Rain. I love Rain. That's baby girl right there. She, she's the most, to me, is the most entertaining, the most lit out of the youngins. Like, she just got a good energy about her. I like her songs. I like her voice. Like, she's just cool, man. She's she's real, real dope young. And she, like, I DJed before her set at the third shift, you know what I'm saying? And I try, I went from bad and bougie to on. And then the way she just came out with the crew and it was just bouncing, I'm like, yo, this is magic. <laughs> the crowds knew the words. Like, And for her to be a young girl, you know what I'm saying, and, and to be doing what she's doing with all these dudes out here that are moving how they moving, got to have love and respect for that, man. Got to have it. So, yeah, yeah she, um, I want to hear, hear her do a full EP, full project, and kill it. Uh, who else I had on here? Dooch. Don Dooch. Baby, don't call me. Me and Deuce did a track like probably like three, four years, maybe five years ago. We got a track on Little Wayne tied my hands, and he came. I, I think I, I actually still have it on my site. Yeah, I searched the other day, and it's yeah. still it's still on my site. Yeah, that's the joint, and that that was his record. That was another one yeah. of you come to my house, you are gonna leave with a song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and, and yeah, so you know, he laid down the vocals, I spit the verse, and I mean, I talked to a lot of people about music. I try to be like. Someone that is always open to listening and having conversations with people when they're figuring out what they want to do. So, yeah, man, Dooch is my guy, but we also go back to college together. Like, we had a lot of historic years at URI and different parties. So, that's my guy, and that's my barber, and, you know, one of my barbers. So, yeah, Dooch is my man. I want to hear more records. He sent me the new joint. He's been performing all over the place, and he's, like, one of the best dancers. That's what people don't know about Dooch. Like, that, when he, you want to get on the floor and dance, he's going to rock you. You know what I'm saying? That's... That's real deal. Uh, lunch bag. Lunch bag. Shout out to lunch, man. I, 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 you know, I know him through the collective of like Nino and all these other guys, like in this generation. You know what I'm saying? I like the new song Nikes a lot with Skino. 
I haven't heard the new album, but I'm hearing really good things about it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking forward to building with, with Lunch and, you know what I'm saying, seeing where that goes. He got really good energy. The first time I seen him perform on stage, it was either at the Met or it was somewhere, but he was just turning up. Like, he, the voice was crazy. His energy was crazy. He was jumping up and down. I'm like, yo, this kid is lit right here. So I like Lunch, man. It's a good uh, dude. Hey. Who else I had on there? I think that's it. Oh, um. So you got man. OSF. Come on, man. OSF. Oh, King OSF. OSF. Yeah. I've never met him. I seen him perform at the Trap Vibes with uh, D, but I never met him. I know he comes from that that Congress F1 um family. So I'm looking to meet that young brother. He got a good energy about him. Got some dope videos. You know, looking hungry. It's like. This con- yo, the Congress movement, it's like everybody gets, someone gets knocked off, or di- and then the next one just pops up. Sick. But that, that tells you how strong, like, the family, the neighborhood, like, just the, the culture over there is. Because it's like, you would think somebody goes to jail or somebody this, then the whole movement stops. I see even more F1 hats. I see even, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? People would have thought when Shad passed, that was the end. Like, they didn't even know more F1. But nah, there was even more hats, even more shows, even more artists. Vic Mucker goes down, that King OSF's popping up, Pyrex Lex. You know, right. he's from a similar, you know, group. So there's a lot of, you know, I just, I, you got to have respect for that. You know what I mean? That's that's good energy. That's people that really believe and really see something, see an opportunity to do something other than sell drugs and be a gangster. So mm-hmm. whenever I see that, I got to salute that. And respect and what about it. Pyrex? That was another one, too. Pyrex, I like Pyrex Lex. He reminds me of like a young, young Cam. You know what I'm saying? He be out here moving around, doing all the Roxy shows. I'm still trying to find a record. You know what I'm saying? To me, it's about having a song that I really like. You know, when I find a song that I really like from you, then that gives me the opportunity to share your work with someone else. But until I can find that record, that I can be like, yo, I can play this. Like when I got, I can play Reigns on record and I can play a Weed Man record in my set while DJing and nobody's like, what was that in the mix? They're either <laughs> like, yo, what was that fire? Or yeah. they just don't, they think it was just some new hot stuff they ain't never heard, you know? So that's what I look for in a lot of the young artists, like who has records that, and it doesn't just have to be like a turn up record. It could be classic hip hop because I play Avenue's record his joint is like 75 BPM, slow, classic hip-hop, mm-hmm. drums and, and snares. Shout out to Frank the Butcher cooking the soul on the production. like, And I mix that right in, and that goes right in. So it's just about finding that record. So I feel like when I find that record with Pyrex, and you know, I want to work with him. He works with a really good producer, Clockwork. You know, so shout out to them, man. It's a good dude. And shout out to his management. You know what I'm saying? Good people. Silver Point. And, um, Mike Rich, what's up? This other kid that been doing R and B, Dre Marie. You heard of Dre Marie? Dre Marie. I no, no, Dre Marie. Who's he just Dre started. Marie? Um, go, he's, he he just started hanging with um Rain. Like they've been doing. Right, yeah. Right. So he But he, he had already had shift. like music out, but I guess they just started a, a group called Road Something on Road or I can't remember what she told me the name was. Uh, he did perform at the last third shift. But he's like more with pushers, pushers and peddlers too. Somebody like, said that. Yeah, they said that backstage. He was with, yeah, he was with them, and then, I don't know, Rain DM me and was like, oh, this is, and I was like, I had already posted that, but she was like, oh, we started a new group called Don Road. I think it's Don Road. I can't remember what was the name of it. Word. No, he seemed like a cool dude. He was wasted at the last third shift, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, but he got some good, good, um, he got some good, um, like, nah, R&B joints. Yeah. was smooth, and he recorded it with Slick, man. Slick's one of the yeah, best yeah, mixes yeah. in the game right now. You hear that, that secret sauce, that Slick mix on it, you know it's going to be official. So once yeah. I heard him on that, 
I was like, well, he's going to sound good, so let's see what he does. <laughs> so I didn't hear the song again after that, but it sounded really good live, so yeah. shout out to him. Nah, How you say that what? name? Because they said that in the back room, and I was like, Dre Marique. Dre Marique. Yeah. Word. So where can people find your music? Where can they get in contact with you? You can go to princeofpvd.com, check it out there. All the social, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Campbell's PVD. Um, yeah, I'm very public, so if you go on my Instagram, you'll see where I'm going to be every week. I post up my events and everything. You know, if you don't see me, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm not everywhere, but I'm always where I'm supposed to be every time. <laughs> so if I, if, I put up, if I put up a flyer, I'm going to be there. So if you want to come check me out, come check me out. Yo, somebody just asked me. They said they need a shirt. They need to know where the hell they could get a shirt. Yeah, I just told them that when he walked yeah. in. I said, I want one. Yeah, they, so the Providence shirts, I made a short order for the pop-up that weekend, and they sold out in like four days. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to be doing, I'm, you know, I'm working on a show. I'm working on another pop-up. I want to do a pop-up at Area 401. I was talking to A Boogie about that. And, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be around. You know, this is like this is like my baby right here. It's my first shirt ever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I I'm hype. It. It'll be uh, you'll know when they're coming back around. That was like very surprised. I I think I text people on like Wednesday night, and it was like coming out Thursday, and then you had like four days to get it. But um, yeah, it'll be. And I'm gonna do the online shop, so you can buy it online, or I can bring it to you. And I might put it in a couple stores. There's a lot of um, local boutiques and different stores that I really like and really rock with. So if I can get them in there where it's easier for people to just stop by there after work, I'll do that. You know, if not, you can get it online or at a show or something. Yeah, Providence T. Shout out to Andrew White, Beyond All Reach for for the design. We put it together. We actually made it for my last album, the Providence Script for Providence Cold, and then that's just yeah. made it to this album, and now it's on a T-shirt. I like that's it, I like up. it. Yeah, man. All right, Kim, good looking for coming through. That's Thank it, you man. for coming. Yeah, we got, we got another We're going to have you. We're going to have another You can stay for the next show. We'll have you come back again, no, but, you know. You. I'm definitely coming back, and I'll bring some new music and more conversation. And some DJ mix. And some DJ mixes, because I've been listening for Mad Long, and I've been like, man, I can't wait till this album's done. Do these interviews. So, All right, yeah. Cam, good looking. Thank you for Almost coming. So. Thank right. you. Bye, guys. <laughs>